Good morning for Wednesday, May 11th, 2011. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's on the front page today. Signs of revenge put Libya City on edge. Federal retreat on larger loans rattles housing. And Peace Corps volunteers speak out on rape. In today's national headlines, clemency denied for a mayor-elect and neo-Nazi father and a young murder suspect. In today's business news, buying Skype, Microsoft aims to lead a field. Skype investors reap big windfall from the deal, and artificial hipmakers are told to study more data. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, too. A roundup from the sports page and New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories reported from Benghazi, Libya. It's titled, Signs of Revenge Put Libya City on Edge. Three weeks ago, a traveler spotted a man's body in the farmland on the city's outskirts, shot twice in the head with his hands and feet bound, he had disappeared earlier that day after visiting a market. Ten days later, near the same spot, a shepherd stumbled upon the body of a second man, killed with a single bullet to the forehead. Masked, armed men had taken him from his home the night before without giving a reason, his wife said. The men, Nasser al-Sirmani and Hussein Gaith, had both worked as interrogators for Colonel Muammar Gaddafi's internal security services, known for their brutality against domestic dissidents. The killings, still unsolved, appear to be rooted in revenge, the family said, and have raised the specter of a death squad stalking former Qaddafi officials in Benghazi, the opposition stronghold. The killings have unsettled an already paranoid city, where rebel authorities have spent weeks trying to round up people suspected of being Qaddafi loyalists, members of a fifth column, who they say are trying to overthrow the rebels. If the violence continues, it will pose a stern challenge to a movement trying to present a vision of a new country committed to the rule of law, while potentially undermining hopes for a peaceful transition if Gaddafi surrenders power. The rebels say their security forces are not responsible for the killings. Prosecutors here say they're investigating the attacks and they're exploring the possible involvement of Islamists who were imprisoned by the Gaddafi government and are now settling old scores. It's our responsibility to protect our people, said Jamal Ben-Wur, the justice coordinator for the opposition in Benghazi. It's important the killings are punished. The law is most important. But some here dismiss talk of Islamists saying they believe the killings are being carried out by an armed group allied with the rebels, or possibly Qaddafi loyalists pretending to be. The killings in Benghazi are taking place in a city that otherwise seems safer with each passing day. Police stations burned during the February revolt have reopened. Legions of young volunteers have recently taken to the streets to sweep and pick up the trash. The rebel authorities are contemplating reopening schools this month, given the improved security. In the midst of a war, the crime rate in Benghazi is lower than it was before the fighting started, many residents say. Even on calmer streets, the fear of betrayal has led to deadly episodes. Last week, rebel fighters and pickup trucks rushed to the city's radio station after an apparently false report that it had been occupied by Qaddafi loyalists. Guns were fired, and a bystander was killed when a rifle fell off a fighter's shoulder and went off. This is a war of rumors, said Colonel Fauzi Omami, who works as a security guard at the radio station. People are very edgy, Omami said.